to have here at the Golden One the upcoming schedule posted after tonight. Of course, the Kings play the Spurs tonight, February 25th, Sunday at Clippers, 26th, back home against the Heat, yeah. 28th at Denver, and then the game after that is at Minnesota, March 1st. Ah, that's a challenging Tough stretch. Tough stretch. And uh, you got five games. You know, that's how the Kings like to look at it. You know, I, I would like four and one, to be honest with you. I know that's a tall task. I know that's a different, uh, difficult uh, thing to accomplish. But, you know, if we're going to make a run here and, and get a top six seed, I, I think you need to go four and one. Yeah. For this stretch. Better get this one then, huh? Yeah. You would this one has to happen. <laughs> uh, I think Monday against Miami has to happen. And then where do you get your other two? You know, Clippers, Denver, and Timberwolves. I mean, that is, you're talking about the three of the top four teams in the Western Conference right now. It's going to be tough. But, uh, you know, hopefully the rest has uh, helped these guys. And, uh, you know, they'll come out strong starting tonight. Uh, you know, the way the Kings have played the Nuggets this year. And you said something uh, earlier about how the Nuggets haven't been close to healthy. Whatever. You're not worried uh, about They that. don't belong uh, on the same <laughs> floor as the Sacramento Kings right oh now. Oh, my gosh, Jake. They don't that, belong man. on the flip same that. hardwood. If this is a first-round playoff <laughs> series, man, when we preview it, we Let's hope it is, because that that's uh, advancing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna poke Jokic in the sleeping bear that he is, huh? You know, you know how hard you're not worried is. about him, huh? Well, I just, <laughs> I'm not because obviously that they're a tremendous team. Yeah. But you know how hard it is a year after you win a championship. You know? Oh yeah, it, it's hard to get back. It's hard yeah. to repeat. You got to stay hungry. And, and no, you're right. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's kind of unbelievable. And you brought this up. When have they swept a defend a defending champion the following year? You know that they got that possibility coming up uh, on yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. So, plenty to do before then tonight. Uh, the Spurs, and as we look ahead to the second half of the season, if you will, it's a good point to look back on the things that the Kings were hoping would fuel improvement this year. And we've talked about this, and this is we know this. Not a lot of those things have really happened yet. Right. One of the keys, we all agreed before the season started, one of the keys to King's improvement this year was Keegan's improved development. Mm -hmm. How do you think that's coming? I, 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 I'm going to give it an incomplete. I, I'm going to say, you know, it's. So kind of like a Jalen Hurts pass? Yeah. No, that would yeah, be an interception. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, boom, boom, boom. Um, I, I, I just. Uh, I don't want to be too hard on my guy, uh, but I think I expected more uh -huh. on the offensive end, especially. Um, defense, he's more than surpassed expectations. He's he's doing a fantastic job there. I'm just a little sad that it's sort of come at the expense of some of his offense. Right. You know, I expected him to make a bigger leap offensively, and it's not just the points per game. Like, his shooting percentage is down, three-point percentage. Uh, you know, he was an elite three-point shooter last season. Now he's just an average one, you know, slightly above average. And so uh, there's still time, but, you know, it's uh, – I, I, I wish he would have been, you know, a little farther along the road uh, offensively. Understandable. But yesterday after practice, your friend Mike Brown yeah. made it clear that people like you should know that Keegan has, in the coach's view, more pressure on him than any other second-year player in the NBA. Here is Mike Brown. Keegan's grown in a lot of areas, and you know I say this all the time. Uh, I don't know if there's a second-year player that probably has more pressure on them than than he does. You know, uh, we're a playoff team. Uh, 
nine times out of ten, he's taking the best perimeter offensive player for the other team. So we're asking him to defend at a high level in your second year. We're asking him to shoot the three. We're asking him to go get uh, buckets from the first and second level. Uh, we're asking him to rebound, not just defensive rebound, but offensive rebound. And, and uh, the pressure's there for him to do it on every play. Wow. Uh, understanding that we're a playoff team. And again, if you look at the guys drafting around them, I'm not sure if any of them have been in the playoffs yet, uh, let alone have the pressure of the things that I just mentioned that, 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 that Keegan has. So uh, he's grown in a lot of different areas, not just one specific area. And I'll, you know, I, in my opinion, he's just going to continue to get better which is a benefit for, for this organization and the city. I really appreciate the way Mike Brown, when he says about the other players drafted around him, and you can tell that he's making sure he's not making a mistake. I don't think they've been in the playoffs yet. It's like he's wandering out and he yeah. recognizes, okay, the ice is getting a little thinner here. Uh, <laughs> so I got to be careful because, yeah, Paulo and Chet Holmgren and uh, Matherin, they, they haven't right. been in the playoffs yet, but they're on really good teams this year too. That said, what do you think of his point that the Kings were a playoff team last year, headed for the playoffs again this year, we think, and they are expecting a lot night in, night out from Keegan. And and, and they should, 100%. I mean, I, I keep t saying this, yeah, and I everybody know, wants to get upset at me, and, oh, Kyle, you know, they're, he's playing great defense. The dude is the number four overall pick. He was drafted that high for a reason. He wasn't drafted number four to just be a role player. He was drafted at number four because the organization saw all-star potential from this guy. And so I believe he has it. The organization, in my opinion, believes he has it. He believes he has his family. So I'm not going to baby the guy mm -hmm. and be like, all right, Keegan, take your time. No, Mike Brown's not babying him. Mike Brown is asking him to be an elite two-way player. And so... Don't get on me. I'm not the one asking him to do all that. To, to much is given, much is is asked, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's that's where I think, you know, when it comes to Keegan Murray. If we didn't think he was capable of it, we wouldn't ask him of it. We're not that's, asking him to do anything he's not capable of. His numbers, I know it's not a lot about numbers. His numbers are solid uh, in his second year. I think, I think Jerry Reynolds was on with us, and he said, look, if he's playing well and the team's winning, I'm not worried about who's scoring what. The only issue for me with Keegan, I think overall you'd have to be, while thinking, boy, it'd be nice if he, his numbers, if his average was a little higher, that's okay, yeah. he's still progressing. The thing is, it's like everybody else on this team virtually, he's just been inconsistent. Right. That, and, and Yeah, that, and that's the thing. It's, you know, uh, last year he was consistent. He went through one stretch uh, where his shooting was off a little bit, sort of a rookie wall, if you will, but he bounced back and, and finished strong. You know, over his last five games, he's averaging 8.4 points, shooting 10% from three-point range. That's 10. not good. 10.5% from three-point range. And so, and, and and if you want to take a look at the entire season, 14.8 points. What did he average last year? 12.2, I think it was. So the leap has not been there offensively that I think, you know, they thought it would be. Think mm -hmm. about it. You don't go out there and make any major moves during the offseason. You don't do anything really at at the trade deadline. You're right. I think their belief is Keegan is going to ascend to be that guy. It just hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. They were hoping that maybe, and, you know, he could still go on a run here and boost those numbers, but 
they were hoping he'd be about an 18 to 20 point per game player, right? I right. Mean, that was one of the things that they figured, yes. hey, if that happens, we are on our way. Exactly. Exactly. And it just ha- hasn't happened. And, and like you said, it's, you know, he's not the only one. I mean, you know, they're, they're consistently inconsistent, right? You know, and so, uh, you know, and, and I go back to what Jerry said a couple of you know, weeks ago about Peja's big leap from, from year two to year three. And so, I'm not saying the jury is written on this guy or the book is written or anything like that. It's just a reason why one of many, why the Kings this year feels different. Mm-hmm. You know, Keegan's not playing as well offensively. The team's not defending the three. They're not making free throws. De'Aaron has regressed, you know, in terms of statistically this last month or two, like all that plays into it. You know, the additions Monty made in the offseason haven't panned out yet. And so it, it, it's just, whereas, you know, people say last year everything went right. Well, this year the Kings got to sort of claw and scrape and, and grind for it this year. It's not all just warm it's and true. sunny and fuzzy this year. I'd still give him a B so far this year, Keegan. And I understand everything you're saying, and you're right. But there have been so many players in the Kings' past. They draft a guy and comes in and is like, that guy's terrible. You know, that happens to a lot of teams. And he's a player. And maybe he's not progressing in some areas as rapidly as we dreamed he would. But he is contributing at both ends. The shooting right now, as you said, something's off with his shooting. Yeah. Hopefully he's not, you know, nicked or hurt or something like that. But he's a good player. Can he become a star? Jason Jones yesterday yeah. said, I don't have him doing that yet. I don't think he's there yet, but he's coming along. I think they're in a good place with Keegan. It's uh, it's not where they hoped they'd be right now, but I think I think it's still trending in, in a good direction for him. No, I, I think so, too, because we've seen flashes. You know, the dude yeah. scored 47 in He's game. a player. Like, he's yeah. a player. Exactly. And so I, I just think, you know, uh, hope, you know, we talk about it, people needing this All-Star break. Keegan probably needed this break as well. And so I'm, I'm excited to see him out here tonight, a more aggressive. That's the thing about Keegan, Whitey, and, and I'll say this. It's not necessarily about the points per game. Like, I want him to just take the shot. Yeah, you're right. You I know, know that. I know it, that. It, it, we've talked about it. Like, don't stand in the corner. Don't be a six-shot-per-game guy. An eight. Like, nobody is going to yell at you for taking too many shots on this team. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to be, you know, square up on you? Yo, pass the ball, dude. No, it ain't happening. You got the green light, Keegan Murray. Mike Brown says, let it fly. Well, darn it, let it fly out there. Yeah, this is probably not a very good way to look at it, but I think if you've been in town a long time, it's hard not to look at it this way. Keegan, yeah, I thought maybe he'd score more points this year. I hope he scores more, but you know what? He's not Ben McLemore. He's not Thomas right, Robinson. Right, right. You know, nothing uh, against those guys, but, right. you know, he's a player. Right. And it's more how good is he going to be than is he ever going to be a player or not. Right, so, right. He's already yeah. a player. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly. So that's a good thing yes. from the standpoint of a long-suffering Kings fan. Here's a question for you. Who will be the next face of the NBA? Ooh. Will it be the guy who's here tonight? Uh, one player, and it's a player that Drapes is very familiar with. He says, it's mine to take. Oh, Next, with the Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Got to give it up once again to the smartest listeners in radio. Thanks for being with us. A couple of uh, very interesting comments here in the chat. First of all, we have Brandon Dietzman says, 
Uh, you've heard booze in the Golden One Center this year. That was not on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. Not, a, not Especially not after all the goodwill and fanfare mm-hmm. last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that either. Yeah, and it hasn't been a smattering. It's been some lusty yeah. booing a number of times. That's a good point. And this is a bit of a callback, kind of um, inside baseball, but Campios. <laughs> Uh-oh. There goes Draper talking about Ray Allen again. <laughs> you know, Campio's ready to chime in. Famously said what his cousin is married to Ray, Ray Allen or something. Allen I forget what that. it is, but yeah. he claims to have some family connection yeah. to Ray Allen. <laughs> Will. You are the one that brought up Ray Allen. Shot a 68 uh, at uh, Ansel Hoffman. This, <laughs> this guy, is uh, he's accomplished everything in his life, man. Him and Al Gore have been at the internet, so uh, yeah, yeah, he's done it all. He's done it all. <laughs> Compia. Yeah, it's funny. You pile on him, and he loves you. He does. Yeah, that's my guy. That's taking my guy. shots at me all the time. That's all right. <laughs> that's all right. That's the way things work sometimes. Uh, we appreciate your listening, uh, no matter what you say or think. So, is Wemby? Is he the next face of the NBA? Because there's somebody else in the NBA who says, oh, yeah. it's mine to take. Have I, you heard? Because I know you know the guy. Have you heard this story? I, I I think I know who it is. Okay. But I, I have not heard it. Like, a lot of people could say Wimby. Some say Ant Edwards. For me, I think Jason Tatum is that guy. I, I think he's the next guy. Quote, I feel like it's mine to take. I do feel like if we win a championship, it would be more distinguished and clear. But I understand I'm in that short list for sure. End quote. Mm. Jason Tatum. Yeah, Tatum is uh, only thing he doesn't have is is the championship uh, under his belt. And I think when you look at all the players around the league, who's the guy that could most benefit from actually winning it? Because he's right there. Mm-hmm. He's right there. Been to the finals, been deep into the playoffs, young, personable guy. Has a great relationship with his son Deuce that we see all the right, time in videos. Right. Like it's there for Jason Tatum to be the poster boy for the NBA, to be the face of the NBA. Yes, I and he plays for an iconic organization too. You know, a lot of people say Anthony Edwards, and Anthony Edwards is tremendous, but he's doing it for the Timberwolves. Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, is it true that Jason Tatum named his son after Deuce Mason? No, it's not true. <laughs> I'm not sure Tatum knows who Deuce Mason is. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> I don't think so. Deuce and Mo. I was, I was just curious about that. Deuce and Mo in the pre and post game. Tonight there you go. Uh, there you go. Because of some changes uh-huh. at NBC Sports mm-hmm. California. Mm-hmm. So it'll be Deuce and Mo tonight on the pre and post game. You make great points, and I know you know Tatum, and you've seen him up close and yeah. personal and known him for a long time. I don't see it. Tell me why not. He just had... 55 in the all-star game last year or whatever it was like this guy is the he That's is not he the is best the argument all right so tell me who instead of him well Giannis. yeah but people love Giannis. yeah but and he has won tatum hasn't won and it seems like uh to me i have a problem the, with the face of the nba being a guy whose team habitually comes up short and you know what happened to them last year against the heat that was to me it was a little embarrassing i picked him but to that's win why i, I think that... he got a win though right like yeah that's that why could I change a lot a, sure a victory a championship would catapult him you know mm-hmm. if he keeps losing no you know 
But I, I do think winning an NBA Finals Finals MVP that would come yeah. on. Oh my I, God, I, that yeah. guy would be untouchable. I think in this league, it seems to me like too often you get to the postseason and he's got something that's not he's hurt or something. Which if a guy gets right. hurt, I understand that. But that you know, I thought they should have beaten the Warriors. They should have, and they didn't. They, and they, they had a lead going back. Certainly home. should have beaten Miami last year, and, and they, they didn't. didn't. Yeah, and so to me, enough. when you say Jason Tatum, when he says, not you, but he says it's there for me to take, I just feel like, eh, I, I don't agree with that. I, I think he has to go out there and earn it. Like, I think he has to Sure, exercise I can't argue it. with that. There's a reason why he's not being mentioned even more, excuse me, in the MVP conversation. Like, I don't understand how a guy like Luka gets mentioned over Jason Tatum. Like, Jason Tatum's playoff shortcomings are being used against him when a guy like Luka's never even been to the finals. And so I think there's, a, a, you know, and I know Boston's a legacy franchise, but I also think there's some pushback against the Celtics. If Jason Tatum was wearing a Lakers jersey mm-hmm. or a Warriors uniform, man, that dude would be everywhere. And so I, I do think it is there, there for the taking for him, but he has to, to earn it in the postseason. He has to, and, and it's interesting. I, I wake up every day and I watch ESPN, and I don't know why I do it. It's frustrating. <laughs> it makes yeah, every, mad, day, every day, don't I do say it, this. I, I, every day. But uh, somebody on there was saying Jason Tatum can't just win a championship; he has to be the best player in the finals. Like because a, a lot of times, even if you are named Finals MVP. Jokic might be really the best player, but your team just happened to win. But Jason Tatum is going to have to be the best player, like, to, to, to in my opinion, to be the face of the NBA. Let me ask you this. You mentioned Giannis. How come Jokic can't be it? Because he's in a smaller market and people just don't relate to him. Right. You know, right. when we're talking about face of the NBA, we're not just talking about the best player. Jokic is Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, you look at what Domas is doing, and we just marvel at those numbers, and then compare him to Jokic's numbers, and like, wow. Right. right. It's, it's, wow. Yeah. yeah. But he's, and I, also, I think a big part of it, if you asked him that question, you'd go, I don't want any part right, of it, right? Right. right. I really don't want to yeah. be that. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when you look at this era of basketball, the faces of the NBA are, are getting older. Like, you know, that's the it. LeBron's, that's the, why, Steph, yeah. the Durant's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, in, in three to five years, those guys will be gone. Yeah. You know? And so then who takes over? Can it be a Devin Booker? Is it going to be a Giannis, like you said? A t- I, I think it's Tatum. Maybe this guy Wimbenyama, but he Maybe. has to have some postseason success, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if he helps lead the Spurs to a championship – I think he could become the face. And we know that the Spurs culture is such that uh, – what was that? I didn't – No, I think yeah. Jay said we got a caller. Oh, okay. Sorry if about that, Jay. I, I, We're flowing right now. Yeah. We're flowing. Um, we know that the Spurs culture, when the Spurs are playing well, they, they – you kind of end up sublimating yourself yeah. for the good of the team. The other thing I was going to say, you mentioned Luka, and you're right, but it almost – I almost maybe double over because I <laughs> – <laughs> Like I... – I, he's just, uh, I think he's excellent, but overrated. Um, and, and here's the other thing. LeBron, Steph, Kevin Durant growing older. 
This reminds me of when Michael left the first time. There was a lot of time spent on, well, who's the next face yeah. of the league? Well, you don't replace somebody like Michael, at yeah. least not right away. Right, right. And when LeBron's gone and Steph's gone, there's not going to be a, okay, here you go. It's right. so-and-so. You don't replace guys like that, at least not right away. Yeah, and, and the thing about LeBron is it's not just about basketball on, on the floor. Like, you know, his voice carries weight around the league. You know, it's not just about who they can market the most. It's who do the players listen to the most. Like, who's the, who do the players respect the most, you yeah. know? Yeah. Who's the elder statesman of the league, you know? And so who can that be? Can it be Giannis? I, I don't know, man. I, I think to your point, there's going to be a void there after the LeBron and Curry's. There is. You know, it's inevitable. It yeah. yeah. But All at right. some point, somebody will somebody be the next will. Think about it. When Jordan retired, did Kobe become the face of the league? I don't know if he did. It was Grant Hill almost for a little bit, but it was not close to, yeah. you know, Jordan's star was just so right. bright. And right. Magnitude. Ah, so wait a minute, fellas. I, I think Shaq was there. Uh, yeah. Shaq was the guy. Shaq was, Shaq was the face of the league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shaq was the, the face. And then I think the NBA didn't want it to be, but I, I got to say Iverson was right behind that as well. Iverson for sure. Like, I think Iverson when when sure. Jordan left, the league was in a better place than it is now when it comes to, like, top-notch stars. And I think what you guys are talking about with Tatum is, like, he has everything, but I think most people would argue they haven't seen the personality. He hasn't been – you know, you don't see him on commercials all the time, even though you see him on the few. But he just doesn't seem to be. Some, yeah. yeah, he's got a few. He's part of the, you know, he's got a Jordan brand uh, shoe deal. And uh, is that with Ruffles or Doritos or something like that? He's got with LeBron and them. But I just don't think he has the personality that most people are looking for. And I think that's why people yeah. looked at the John Morant, the Anthony Edwards. But going back to when Jordan, right. like Shaq was already pushing Jordan. If you really look back mm, at it, I, he was. It's not even Shaq close. Was, like for people my age, it wasn't even close, Whitey. Like people weren't even tied into Jordan when he left. People were looking at the fact that Shaq was there. He had the he had the the, the rap music. The shoes were coming. The the Reebok pump were, was hot. Iverson was kind of taking over when, in the fact of you know he was the bad boy of the league. Like there were people that were already pushing Jordan as far as not so much as the the NBA player face of the league, but outside of it as well, though. Right. Yeah. And just to be clear, I think we're on the same page. I'm talking about when Jordan left the first time after '98. When he, you know, I I know he came back. Oh, okay. But I'm not okay. even counting that. Shaq to me, Shaq didn't really. Step into that territory. I understand, Jay, you're talking about cultural issues. Yes. But to me, as far as face of the NBA, when he and Kobe teamed up and they started winning championships, but they were kind of, it was like almost co. And I know Shaq was finals MVP. Yeah. And they didn't win their first one until uh, like 2000, right? 2001. Yeah. Yes. Those three in a row. At that point, yeah. yeah. But to me, they were kind of like co co-superstars of that team and we were all too familiar with that team. i don't know shaq was a face though he oh was he was there's no question fan, you know uh everything he touched seemed to turn to gold he you know on the late night talk shows yeah he you know, yeah he, he, was, out, than he life. was out there but to jay's point iverson i think became a cult hero you know um changed the league the whole dress code at the time right i think he became you know one of the faces of the league in fact you know, I got a quick Iverson story. I'm over in Hawaii, 
Go to the, the lids in Hawaii. They got an Iverson Georgetown jersey oh. for sale. And my son gets so excited. My son's 14 years old. He's like, oh, my God, Dad, I got to get this. I got. And so my son got this jersey. And it's like, to me, when we talk about faces of the league, they are guys who not only in present day, but in future generations right. will look back and say, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, you know, so yeah. is that Tatum? Not yet. Is that Giannis? I still don't think yet. Like, I don't know who that next guy is going to be. I don't know if I told you this, but when we were in Okinawa, we're walking down the street, and there was, like, a sports shop, and they had a jersey in the window. It was a Jordan Wizards jersey. What? What? That's going to be they were giving that away, right? Like, you know, they paid you to take that, right? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, 339-1140, Uh, When we come back, speaking of the Bulls, brace yourself for a different view of the Bulls' last dance. And who will be the next face of the NBA as we roll on from the Golden One Drive Guys on Sack? Oh, we're getting close to game time here. we got some of the younger Kings working out. It's going to be very exciting tonight. And just uh, to me, it's always just such a relief to be through the All-Star break. Bless the players. They've earned the time off. Hopefully they made the best of it. But we get games again starting tonight, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. beautiful games, too. I know the Spurs aren't a good team. I get that. But uh, these games uh, mean something. And uh, this is the stretch run. You know, uh, they, they say, you know, the season doesn't begin until after the All-Star break. That's when everybody gets serious. And uh, we'll see our Kings get serious tonight, hopefully. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about who's going to be the next face of the NBA. Maybe it's Wemby. Jason Tatum says it's, it's his for yeah. the taking. Uh, the NBA faced a similar question, although, you know, LeBron and Steph and like uh, uh, Durant, they're still around. But the NBA faced a, that question when Michael Jordan left after the last dance of the Bulls. Speaking of the last dance, some of the Bulls, correct me if I'm wrong here, some of the players on that team now feel yeah. like they need to tell their side of the last dance story. Yeah, yeah. Some players have, you know, spoke out. After the last dance premiered back in 2020, Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, Luke Longley, and uh, they didn't like how they were portrayed in the story. And so now I guess they're in Australia doing some sort of barnstorming tour, and uh, they're telling their side of the story right now. And so uh, that's what's happening. Yeah. Here, here are some of the uh, former Bulls explaining, Horace Grant, Horace Grant, explaining what exactly they're up to. Well, as you know me, I speak my mind, yes, you do. and it's going to be a no tour. <laughs> Believe me, I, I tell you this. The X factor in the first three and the second three, I would have kicked Dennis Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> Come out and uh, get the tickets, and uh, you hear a lot. Yeah. yeah, so this is going to be a no Bull Bleep Tour. Yeah. It all starts this weekend. Get your tickets now. So it uh, looks like Scotty. I get Luke Longley. They're, yeah, so Luke Longley former, in the There's mix. just like a bunch of them on stage with microphones reliving their their side of the last dance. It kind of makes me sad that some of these players, especially Scotty, that they feel the need to do that. Yeah, but, you know, when it came out and you heard it afterwards, you know, a, a lot of people thought it was a – Michael Jordan, you know, propaganda piece. Yeah. You know, Uh, and so it it was scathing, you know, to to not only, you know, uh, 
Bulls teammates, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Like, and so this is uh, their side to uh, tell their story. I mean, it, it made Scottie Pippen look like a, a, a bit part of, you know, those title runs, a sidekick, mm-hmm. if you will. And so, you know, Scottie's one of the game's 50 greatest players. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's about time. Like, I wish they did this in the United States. They're doing really? it in Australia. Yeah. I want to hear, you know, uh, their side of the story because it was, you know, it was Michael Jordan's production company and everything. I know, yeah. And so, yeah, it just it, and it, Horace Grant fell out of his favor, and right. I guess Scotty did too. And yeah, I want the real story, the un, un unfiltered, unvarnished, untold story. Like I don't want it all, you know. Like I, I want to hear from Steve Kerr on why Jordan punched him in the, you know, face yeah. during the practice. I want to hear about Jordan's late-night casino exploits and things like that, you know? It sort of romanticized uh, Jordan a little bit. I do think we've all been guilty of giving Michael Jordan probably too much credit for how great that team was. And he may very well have been the greatest player of all time. But that team won 55 games the year Jordan left. Left. Yeah, to go play baseball or whatever. And I just, I mentioned that a couple nights ago I saw a documentary on NBA TV where they had Reggie Miller and they had Larry Bird and they had Isaiah Thomas. Larry was talking about when they almost beat the Bulls, I think it was 98 East Finals, and he was coaching. And he said, we had a jump ball and we were ahead by two. We figured we get the jump ball, going to run out the clock, but instead they won the tap. And Steve Kerr makes a three and they lose. It's like, Steve Kerr made that shot. We know Steve Kerr made a number of big shots. But Michael Jordan was the one who's controlled that narrative. Don't you think also a big part of the last dance was Michael Jordan realizing LeBron, he just, his reputation yeah, growing yeah. and growing, and I'm not playing anymore. I've got to do something. Right. So I think that was one reason why he came out with that and produced that. Yeah, and, and I also think, too, you know, when we look at Jordan, we forget his failures. You know, it's all—it's like Jordan made every shot. You're he right. won every title right. that he, you know, uh, every playoffs he made, he went to the championship. He had a lot of failures, you know. Uh, and it wasn't until Scotty. It wasn't until Phil. And then it got to a point where Dennis Rodman at the time was a highly sought after, you know, elite rebounder. It wasn't like he was just some schlub that, you know, you talk about a big three. They had a legit big three mm-hmm. with Pippen yeah. and uh, Rodman and, and Jordan. And so I, I, I think, you know, that the legend of Jordan continues to grow year after year. And the uh, last dance only enhanced that. And these guys are saying, hold up now. It wasn't just all Mike himself. Yeah. Here's my problem with it, though. Here's Luke Longley, a quote from Luke Longley from Dan Enda. He says, you don't have to love a bloke to be on his team to care about him, to play basketball together. I didn't love MJ. I thought MJ was difficult and unnecessarily harsh on his teammates and probably on himself. And I just didn't enjoy being around him that much. That was cool. It was cool with MJ, and it was cool with me. We found a way to coexist, end quote. I don't care. If Luke Long nah, had a hard time, nah, you're Luke Mike. Longley. He's Michael Jordan. Nah, you, Shut you up. You can't say that. If, if Jordan did some of those things he did back in the day today, I know that. I know that. Jordan was protected. Yeah, I know that he was. But didn't they all, didn't Luke Longley benefit from that in many ways? Yes, they all did. And, you know, there's stuff that happens behind the scenes with every team. But can you imagine if LeBron James, the uh, morning of a playoff game or a night before a playoff game, is in Atlantic City gambling? Or, you know, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I just think we romanticize Jordan. No, you're and, right. You're and, right. And, and I can say the same thing 
you know, uh, I, I love Kobe Bryant, but, you know, they were difficult teammates. Oh, They no were question. very difficult teammates. And let me ask you this. If you had, were raising the sun, and I use this, I use Kobe all the time, I use Jordan, but in terms of a human being, I don't know if I want those guys as role models. No. You know uh, what I mean? There's a lot of things that go into being one of the greatest at something like that that aren't necessarily pro-social. I mean. Right, right. You got to <laughs> be kind of a sports heroes, we yeah. want to say, he's the greatest human because right. he won all these games. Nah. And sometimes it's like, well, do you want to be that guy or do you want to be actually a good person? A good, right. Yeah. Exactly. It's sort of like you got to be a jerk almost to, to yeah. achieve that greatness, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but to me, I just don't think we need to dredge up any more drama. I understand if you feel slightly. Luke Longley. That's what we do. What? It's all about drama. We we love drama. That's what we can. And for Luke Longley's sake and Horace Grant, they were painted a particular way. There, and I'm not. I'm not disputing you. I'm asking. I know Horace Grant was. Did, did, I don't was know Luke if Luke was okay, even mentioned. Right. Out I, that, that but was, maybe that's his slight. <laughs> that maybe he feels like maybe. he was a bigger part. Maybe it should, yeah. his story should have been told a little yeah. more. And so, uh, Frankie Cardicelli just walked in. I'm gonna give him a dirty look. Uh, clicks. Let's just start calling him Clicks. Just walked in. I'm gonna give For him anybody, a clickbait. <laughs> clickbait. Sorry, I'm getting another call. <laughs> uh, he just walked in. But, yeah, I mean, now they'll have their say, and hopefully that's the end of it. I don't want to back and forth, back and forth or anything, but Michael Jordan had a 10-part infomercial put out. And it These was great. Get, it was uh, great. But it was, it, it it was it all right. It, it was over. Yeah, it was it romanticized. Was right. Yeah, yeah, it was romanticized. I know people that was, don't even like basketball like, oh, yeah, I watched that. It was terrific. This, if they're going to make money off this, fine. But I just feel like. Luke Longley, if Michael Jordan said he sucked, which he didn't, but if Michael Jordan said, I'm Michael Jordan, you, you're Luke Longley, you suck. Luke Longley should say, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Michael <laughs> thank Jordan, you, for I mentioning another, my right? name. <laughs> Come on, that's disrespectful <laughs> to Luke Longley. I know, but hello. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. They I won championships, <laughs> and they didn't win them because of Luke oh, Longley. Man. I, I, you know what? <laughs> I, I just think this whole Jordan love fest is, 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 is overblown, man. No, I, there's something to that. I agree with you. He had just, his shortcomings. I hate to see these guys feel the need to come out. And maybe they're just, you know, maybe someone realized, hey, we make some money off of this. Right. Okay. That too. Right. That yeah. too. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, I just feel like they come off to me as sounding like bitter. And I just want them to be, you guys were part of the one of the greatest teams ever. Enjoy that. So and Pippen should feel that way? Scotty's a mixed up dude, isn't he? I Sometimes know, he's like, man. Michael's the greatest. Another time, like, Michael was terrible. It's like, oh man, he so just sounds very. Confused. So then, why do you why do you feel that Jordan can get away with romanticizing about the career and the time, and none of these guys can? Like nobody else can do it, but only Jordan can do it. Well, Victor, the victors uh, tell the history, and I know they all won, but Michael was the biggest star, and I just wish they didn't feel the need to correct it because they come across sounding a little bitter to me. Uh, I just wish they would enjoy like, eh, so Mike doesn't, doesn't matter what he said. Huh? Mike doesn't? Mike doesn't come up. Well, in, the, in, the, in those 10 bitter? pieces, yeah, he didn't come across as being bitter, like with the whole Isaiah oh, yeah. Thomas and a couple other pieces. Everything, yeah. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, then why do they have to come out and, and put their spin on it? That, that's all I'm saying. Maybe I'm wrong. I, if, if I were one of them, maybe I'd feel differently. But I feel like, enjoy it, man. 
You were part of one of the great teams ever. And yeah, we don't know everything. And maybe he was a jerk. Well, I think we all know he was kind of a jerk, but hello, you should enjoy that. This is their chance to tell their story. That, uh-huh. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. All right. Uh, when we come back, we'll tell you the story of uh, how being a college football player just got a lot cooler oh. from the Golden One Center Drive Guys on Sackdown Sport. This is what it sounds like. Ah. The Black Falcon scores. Ah, ah, ah. Maybe we'll get some of that tonight. Coming to you from the Golden One Center. Drapes has been during the breaks. Last couple, a little quiet. I think he's getting uh, his head ready for the play-by-play tonight, aren't you? Yeah, we Hitting got a big face. day. It's been a week, more than a week since I've been on the uh, on on the, on the microphone calling King's game. So I got to get these pipes ready and get my game face on. Yeah, I can tell you're ready. I know you still have some prep to do, but I can tell yep. you're ready. We've been talking about the next face of the league because it, he may be here tonight, Victor Wimbanyama uh, with Spurs, and also Jason Tatum just came out, and someone asked him about it. He said, I think it's there for the taking. reason I bring it up again, there's an interesting comment here on the chat from Mike Matter. He says, when Jordan left, they wanted it to be Grant Hill. Mm. And, yeah, and it yeah. didn't quite work. Yeah. He got hurt. And I think that the interesting thing about that comment is to be the face of the league, you, you have to have the league's backing. The yeah, they, they got to push you, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. why you guys talk about Allen Iverson, and he was never going to be the face of the league because they didn't want it. Now, maybe to a lot of people he was the face right. of the league right. individually, but he wasn't the official. Dun, 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 dun. They were never going to put him on that platform. Instead, as you guys said, they were trying to change him. And, and that's what made Allen Iverson so great. I, yeah, it, he yeah. He didn't have the backing of David Stern. Yeah. He wasn't the poster like a board. counterculture it, hero. It was a counterculture, yeah. yeah. But he sold out wherever he went, you know. It, it, he came at the proper time. We had never seen anybody like him. And now he's one of the most revered players uh, in NBA history mm-hmm. because of that. Yeah. You know? That's why I think Wemby, you know, this year I remember having some conversations before the season started about who's going to be rookie of the year. And to me it's like, oh, it's going to be Wemby. Uh, because the league wants him yeah. to be yeah. the rookie of the year. Right. And, and just, I mean, he's putting up some great he, numbers. He, yeah, yeah. He, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, so you're right. It'll be Wimbenyama. But I, I think to your point, you know, and, and we'll see it. I mean, even before the All-Star game and before the New Year came, there was talk, well, will Wimbenyama make the All-Star? Like, so there's already sort of a push, yeah. a, a narrative about him. Like, give him two, three, four, five years, he's going to ascend yeah, to that. Yeah, he's like yeah. a product or a brand that's really good for the larger NBA yeah. brand. Right, exactly. Yeah. He's global. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. yeah. You know, okay. a couple of years ago, I was having a conversation on a, I was filling in on a San Francisco station. We were talking about this face of the NBA and the guy I was working with, he mentioned, this was like two years ago, maybe three. He said, well, what about that guy in Sacramento? What about De'Aaron Fox? <laughs> you know, and that, that right now it doesn't look like that's going to happen. But he at said that, that point, two years ago. Yes. When, you know, when the Kings weren't was, even winning. They weren't winning, but you knew he was coming into his yeah. own. And remember, there was more emphasis on how, you know, he played piano and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 More than just a, yeah, a basketball yeah. player. Yeah, yeah. And so, but I don't know, you know, to be the face of the NBA, do you have to embrace being the face I of the NBA? I think so, yeah. You know, you mentioned Jokic earlier. You know, he's like, I, nope. I don't want that. Right. You know, could De'Aaron Fox be put in that same category? Like, he doesn't go outwardly. You know, working with Steph now helps. Signing with Clutch Sports certainly helps. But in terms of personality and wanting to be out at All-Star Weekend, wanting to be at celebrity events, it doesn't seem like that That's is That's true. Thing. And uh, do, you, do you think he should? I don't begrudge him that at all. But it's uh, an interesting I mean, point. As you say it, I'm sitting there nodding going, 
That's exactly right. I right. thought about it, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I mean, he got to be true to himself, right? Uh-huh. And, and, and I think, you know, I, I don't think he wants to be that. Like, if he was, it'd be great, but he's not, you know, that guy. Like, I really, honestly, I could see Tatum becoming that guy. I really could. Knowing Tatum, you know, like I do, I've seen his evolution uh, over the years. I've I seen the way he carries himself, you know, uh, dapping up Jay-Z. He was hanging out with Jay-Z last year. Like, Tatum is that kind of guy that sort of straddles both NBA and pop culture, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that kind of thing. He's got to do a better job with his commercials because he's in the one commercial, but it's like LeBron's in it and Barkley's in it, you know, with the with the potato chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like a whole bunch of people. He's just, he's <laughs> he just part to, of a cast of I'm thousands. I'm telling you, man, don't let them win it because <laughs> this guy will take off. I, I really believe so. I mean, because his story, you know, when you look at his relationship with his son, you know, I'm not sure where the mom is uh, in in the picture of his son's life, but Deuce is everywhere with Tatum. And so I think, you know, if he wins, now you're talking Good Morning America. You're yeah. talking all these other shows. If he wins. Yeah. If he wins, uh-huh. yes. Uh, real quick, I wanted to get to this, and I appreciate Jay pointing this out. Would you do this uh, for over 11,000 college football players? Thursday is going to be the first chance to opt into EA Sports' new college football game mm. and get paid for it. So we're talking about all 134 FBS schools right. have agreed to be in the game. So, you know, if you're a center from some small school, uh, you can you can sign up for this and you would get $600 from EA Sports and a copy of the game. <laughs> Heck no. You wouldn't do it? $600? Trump change. Like, now, if you're some offensive lineman at a small D1, right? maybe, you know, because they could do the game with But if you're, you know, Caleb Williams this oh, last you're right. year or yeah, somebody that's like it. that. I mean, yeah, they're going to they're gonna wait. Those guys are wait, wait, wait. Yeah. That's nothing. But if you're, you know, uh, Scrub Henderson, which, you know, what I'd Scrub be if I played Henderson. college football. Scrub, Scrub Henderson's like, yes. Yeah, sign me that, up. Where right? can I get me on I'll that web? I got game on Before there? they like, change their mind. Oh, no, yeah, yes. It, it depends. <laughs> I would on do it just for the game. Which, which level of player you are. You know, you might not have a pro career or anything like that, but how cool would it be yeah. to, you know, have your name in a video game and show your kids. But if I'm one of the top dogs, uh-huh. heck no, $600? No, Come I know. On. Especially I know. with today's NIL money, what's 600 going to do for me? How much money do they make off of these games if they could pay all those people that much and knowing Think that they're going to have to pay the bigger names a lot more than yeah. that? There you go right there, Whitey. How much, like if they're okay with paying that, how much must they be making yeah. from it? You We're know? talking, again, more than 11,000 players. Wow. Yeah. That's still not a lot, though, when you talk. 11,000 players times 600? So you think even Scrub Henderson should say, Scrub nah. Henderson, nah. That's not enough for no, Scrub. No, but they, they'll just make the game without him, though. Like, yeah, you need I know. The That's why he's got to jump on it. You need the top-tier guys <laughs> to advocate for you and be like, no, if I'm getting 2 million, Scrub Henderson should get 500,000 or whatever it may be. To arrive at the $600 payment, Sean O'Brien who's the EA Sports Vice President of uh, Business Development. He said they looked at deals completed with other sports titles, including the Madden NFL Series, NHL Series, and the company's soccer game. So the college football deal comes with no expectation of services provided by the athlete and will be guaranteed regardless of the game's success. So, Scrub, you don't have to do anything for us. 
And doesn't matter if nobody buys this game. Here's your 600 bucks and your copy of the game. And a copy of the game. Jeez. How nice of them. <laughs> 600 and a copy of the game. But before I wasn't getting anything, Drapes, and now I I can get 600 bucks. Uh, it doesn't move the needle in today's uh, lifestyle, man. 600 bucks. Yeah, blow that, you know, one night out on the town. Like, So does Scrub have to wait? What if they? What if Scrub says, no, nah, it's not enough, and then there's some sort of, uh, they, they're not going to unionize per that's se. That's what I was going to say. They need to unionize. Yeah, them. yeah. And then they come up with some settlement, but it turns out that, yeah, but all the Scrubs don't get nothing. They don't get anything. <laughs> oh, well, you just miss out on 600 bucks. But a spot in the game, though, you know, that's that's more valuable to me than 600. Like the ability to say, look, I'm in this video game, you know. Yeah, that the yeah. bragging rights you get with yeah. that is more than you know worth more than the six hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, and that's something. Show, you know, the whole story of Grail. Show my grandkids. That'd be pretty cool. Right, that, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Look at yeah. that, Scrub Henderson, <laughs> Grandpa. You're in the game. Uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, the G-Man. G-Man's is ready. Reporting for duty. Ready. Yeah, yeah, we're gearing up for uh, game time. Uh, the Kings have two big issues staring them in the face. Can they fix either one? We'll dive into that in just a moment here from the Golden One Center with the Drive Guys. Kyle Draper, Scrub Anderson, Sacktown Sports.